This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tal Radio. This is me, RJ Sankhya, hosting through the interview today. This is the show where Tal Radio proudly highlights extraordinary organizations and the remarkable individuals behind them. So today, we try to bring spotlight on this wonderful organization, which is making a huge difference in healthcare sector. That is Emilio Norris Foundation. Today, we have the honor of delving into the inspiring story of the Emilio Norris Foundation, a nonprofit organization that has been transforming the lives of children battling cancer and their families since its inception. So joining us for this enlightening conversation is the remarkable founders of the foundation, Richard and Diane Norris. Richard and Diane Norris, a truly visionary and compassionate couples, founded the Emilio Norris Foundation in honor of their son Emilio. With an unwavering commitment to supporting families facing the overwhelming challenges of childhood cancer, their dedication and resilience have made a lasting impact on the countless lives. And their belief in the power of love, hope and community has been the driving force behind foundation success. So today we are privileged to have Diane and Richard Naris with us today and to share their journey, insights and the profound work of the Emilio Naris Foundation. So without further ado, let's welcome Richard and Diane Norris onto the show. Hi, Richard and Diane. How are you doing? Good Hi. morning. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good morning. Uh, Thank you so much for having us, Ankita. Good morning. Thank you. Actually, we are really glad that um, you can make it today here and thank you for giving us your time so um i would start with the first question so you and richard seem to be a really inspiring and powerful couple right so can you let us know a little bit about you guys and also um would you like to share the story behind the establishment of this beautiful foundation we we certainly would thank you for giving us this opportunity yes so richard and i we always say we met later in life you know first time marriage and motherhood um to emilio our son and um we started the organization because our son Emilio was diagnosed with leukemia when he was 3 years old and he had a tumultuous 3 year journey of remission and relapse and a bone marrow transplant ultimately unfortunately back in 2000 we lost Emilio uh, to his his cancer and also to the rigorous years of of treatment and um a couple years after his passing Richard and I felt ready to enter that world again of childhood cancer uh step baby take baby steps back into children's hospital where we live in San Diego and start to see how because of our journey we could help other families in need uh which is some basic steps along the way I, yeah it, it was because of uh, Emilio's journey that we witnessed firsthand what families go through uh, actually living in the hospital that's what we did for days sometimes weeks on end and Diane and I are very fortunate to have a large family and we had a great support network but many of the families that were in there at that time um did not have that safety net did not have uh, friends and family to go to um for some of the critical needs that they had to have and one of them was basically uh transportation uh to get to the hospital again we were fortunate because we had rides 
but many of these families may have one car or no car, and it makes it extremely difficult to get to the hospital. Because generally the one parent takes it to go to work and that leaves the other parent to either take the bus or rely on friends or a cab, which are really uh, not advisable with these children because their immune system is compromised and they're very susceptible to germs and, and everything like that. So uh, our flagship program was started called Ride with Emilio because of all the things that we witnessed due to lack of transportation. I'm so sorry about Emilio, but I really appreciate how you didn't let the grief pull you down, but instead, you know, make something so profound out of it. So, yeah, can you guys provide a much detailed overview of the Emilio Norris Foundation and its mission? Sure, certainly. I'd love to start with the mission, and that is that we navigate families through their child's cancer journey every step of the way from the beginning of diagnosis throughout a variety of programs that we offer that can add services uh, to make their journey just a little bit less stressful, which is our goal. And uh, Richard mentioned Ride with Emilio, so our transportation program um, since the beginning, which by the way, this year, 2023, is our 20th anniversary. So it's been a really long time. We started here in San Diego County, and then we moved into Orange County in Southern California to the Children's Hospital there and um, Imperial Valley, which is a part of San Diego as well. And then now we have a van up in Los Angeles and um, LA is really where we want to put efforts in building um, support and in tra- financial support so that we can run our programs. Because in Los Angeles, there are at least 1600 children annually who need transportation to get to that LA Children's Hospital every single week for treatment. Wonderful. And uh, first of all, congratulations on your 20th anniversary. So there are many interesting programs on the foundation, right? Like Ride with Emilio, Emilio's Living Tabs, or, you know, Emilio's Snack Bag, etc. So could you elaborate on the programs and services offered by the foundation? Yes, absolutely. Um, besides, like you mentioned, Ride with Emilio, uh, Amelia's Loving Tab Shirts is another really critical component of our foundation that we offer to the families and the children. And what that shirt is, is a specially designed patent design shirt that has snaps on one shoulder and down the sleeve. And what that does, it allows the doctor or the nurse to uh, easy access to the child's portacaf is that's where they get their chemo and, and all other kinds of medicines during their treatment. And the reason that this shirt is so important is because during Emilio's time, this shirt was not available, obviously, but it's a very stressful for the children to either pull up their shirt or take their shirt off for a number of reasons. Uh, at his age, he was just stubborn. Uh, sometimes they're cold. Sometimes they're just so frustrated with the lack of privacy because they have to take their shirt off. So when we got this shirt and we were able to have a patent, our goal was to provide these shirts free of charge through corporate donations or donations and to uh, give these to the families. And what has happened with this particular shirt, uh, this program, it's been extremely successful because what it does, it just allows the nurse or the doctor easy access. It takes away the stress, not only from to the patient, but to the parents as well, because we felt that stress every time Emilio had to take his shirt off. So we're really proud uh, of the Loving Tab shirts. And, and again, our goal is to get this to many 
children's hospitals as we can with the donations that we receive. Um, but we also have a sewing and knitting program that is another critical component. And you wouldn't think that much of it, but what this program does, it allows these families to get together the parents and to discuss uh, their child's uh, you know, what's going on in their lives. And it became uh, a therapy group. Unintentionally, we didn't think about it, but these families love to get together and it brings them out of their room and where they spend most of the time. So when the knitting program is going on, it allows this kind of a recess for these parents to talk to each other and to comfort each other. So again, it's another simple program, but it has a huge impact. We also have a resource center within Children's Hospitals in San Diego and Orange County and soon to be Los Angeles. And we are the only outside agency that's allowed into the oncology unit. And um, we have computers available to moms and dads. We have a library of books, anything that they'd wanna find out. In addition to what, of course, the social workers are providing for them in terms of information about their child's illness. Um, and our staff members there are very knowledgeable. They're bilingual. They speak fluent Spanish as well as English, and they're able to help uh, the families. Uh, again, that's a part of our navigating families through this um, horrific journey that they're on. And it also allows the parents, some parents who are there for days or sometimes weeks on, on end, uh, it allows them to continue doing their work. Some use our, our, our fax and copy machine to, to send, you know, communication. So it, it does a lot of these different things for these parents to help them continue to um, support their family. So it's really another a critical a program that allows these families to um, contribute and, and to keep their family strong and, and financially, hopefully, that will, that will help them. Wonderful. So um, I'm sure there are many, but could you share some success stories or examples of how the foundation has positively impacted the lives of children and families? Yeah, we, we have so many stories, but one of the first ones that st stands out in my mind is that um, there was a, a little boy with a brain tumor. He was two years old and uh, we're here in San Diego, but their home was about 40, 45 miles away uh, from the hospital. And before Ride with Emilio, they would have to come three times a week and by bus. They would have to leave their home at four o'clock in the morning, change several times to the buses, and then take the same over three, three and a half hour trip back home with the little boy that had a brain tumor and, and was sick a lot of times after he got his chemo and his medicine to go back home. So when we started Ride with Emilio, they were one of our first uh, patients. and. When we went to pick them up, uh, the parent couldn't believe that we were there, for one, and two, that it was free. And so uh, it was just a remarkable difference in her that she was getting the support by this free transportation every day, whenever she needed, from, the, from her door to the hospital and back again in a safe, clean environment. And about a month later, uh, the office, uh, she brought like a whole case of avocados uh, mm -hmm. to pay us and her gratitude. And, and it was just such a heartwarming thing. And we know that we were doing our job and, and to get these families to and from their appointment safely in a clean environment. And like Diane mentioned, if we can take a little bit of stress off this horrific disease to the families, we know we're doing our job. 
Something very unique about Ride with Emilio program is that the children are literally picked up right at their front door by ENF's drivers. And um, the van has music that always plays. The driver becomes like a family member to these, to these families. They're so comforted by him or her. And um, then they're, they're immediately taken to the facility for their treatment. And then, as Richard mentioned, um, picked up again later in the day and then taken home and they're tired, exhausted after a day of chemotherapy and other treatments. And they're brought home safely and they can rest um, in a clean, hygienic way as opposed to public transportation. So there are many, sh many stories to share in Step in a Life. Thank you. Thank you for that answer. So moving on to the next, in what ways does the Emilio Norris Foundation collaborate with hospitals and healthcare providers? Well, we this our programs would not be possible if we didn't have the relationship we do with these hospitals because, um, of course, the information from these families is, is very personal. And so we were lucky enough to, and privileged enough to have this relationship that we work very closely with the social oncology, social workers uh, to find out what parents and families need our services. So we work directly with them. So uh, the hospital knows what kind of services we're providing and what they're getting from us. And uh, it's, it's always, it's a very close, good, excellent working relationship that is uh, critical for the success of, of any program that you're working with a hospital, but we really see how that has helped us tremendously because of our 20 years of service to them and, and just impeccable, but also following every regulation to the T and, and everything. So um, it's just having a good relationship with us, with these hospitals to make um, these programs successful. ENF's transportation director, actually program director, Luz Caroga, has been with us since day one. And she is hands-on in that unit, um, completely connected to, as Richard said, the social workers and the parent liaisons, which are parents who have been through a cancer journey with their child. And then they go back to children's hospitals and they work with the families there. So Luz is representing ENF, but she's connected with them as well and um, most certainly um, with the parents and and the children. Great, so are there any specific criteria or uh, you know eligibility requirements for families to benefit from the foundation services? And also if yes, how can they reach out to you for help? Oh, absolutely, they can go, uh, there's a direct um, 800 line number to ENF and um, our brochures and our business cards are right there at every children's hospital, um, handed out to families who are in need. Uh, the transportation is arranged internally, as Richard mentioned, but it's certainly the families could call our number, go online, whatever they need to do. There is someone always available to talk with them and to take those first steps. As we said, we are there from the very beginning, the diagnosis all the way through, no matter what the outcome is. I, I, to add to what Diane is saying, it's just, we really pride ourselves and not only being hands-on, but just to respond quickly to these families. And like I said, we've been around for 20 years and I, I've witnessed other organizations, um, great ones, but there are times when people don't respond uh, fast enough to these families. And these families are really looking for help and any delay in response 
they lose hope, they don't know where to turn, and they feel more lost, even lost. So uh, we have a, a very good response time um, to these families. Like Diane said, there's a phone number. Uh, here in San Diego, we have quite a presence, so we can be sought out from the families that are on the floor at the hospital. So um, there's definitely a multitude of ways that people can contact the foundation. Great. So. What are some of the major challenges the foundation has faced so far and how have you tried to overcome them? Well, I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges was the fuel price. You know, uh, gas prices have, have really been extremely difficult. Uh, COVID again uh, was a, another huge obstacle and COVID for the reason is that instead of bringing several families at a time in the van, we could only bring one family at a time. So not only did gas prices affect us, but multiple trips than we normally would take uh, happened during that time. So, And, and you know, another point I'd like to make is that during the pandemic, which certainly existed for almost three years, of course, um, as Richard said, one child at a time. So you can imagine our drivers, you know, nervous anyways about making sure they're keeping their health good and solid and they're testing daily before they get in that van to pick up a child but also the amount of trips it would take in the course of a day with one child at a time in a different geographic area uh, San Diego was so huge that way as is Orange County um, and during the pandemic we had not been in Los Angeles yet so um, these are children who are used to wearing masks they have to wear masks when they live leave their homes if they're blood counts are down. So counts are down, you put a mask on to go to the park, you don't go to school, and you put a mask on if you're going to be around anybody else. So here we are, right? We're just all trying to get used to wearing masks and we're all scared to death of the pandemic. And then you have children and they're going to clinic. They're getting in the van, they're going to clinic, but one at a time. So that was a huge, huge um, challenge that ENF faced during that time. Great. So. Um, how can individuals and communities get involved and support your organization? Oh, we absolutely encourage them again to um, make that call or go online. Um, there's even an area there uh, for volunteers so they can do outreach to say that they're interested in volunteering in some capacity. And um, we welcome that. I mean, one of the key parts of our own personal journey healing was when we started serving others. So for anyone out there in these big communities, there are so many different ways of, of helping ENF. And it's just about the outreach and the gratification, but also the passion and compassion that will come from, from helping others is always necessary. Great. Uh, so this might be a little personal question to you guys. So in the face of such an emotionally demanding work, what strategies do you practice to maintain your own well-being and resilience? Hmm. Great question. I, 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 to me, I'll answer my own personal is that it's just my faith and, and, and my belief on why I'm here doing what I'm doing. I mean, it's the last thing I ever thought, you know, uh, before Emilio passed away, that I'd be doing uh, this type of work or mission, uh, calling, whatever you would like to say. But I feel very strongly that um, meditating and and being peaceful and knowing that just in my heart that 
we're making a difference in families that need help. And and I just know I, I couldn't live the other way after Emilio passed away. And the other way means in a dark space, in a dark, you know, in a room without really living. And I just knew maybe he nudged me to to do something. I'm sure he did nudge me to to change my life and to be here and do something that's of value. And that is to me is to really see these families smile and see them have hope uh, after going after going with what they went through and what we went through just to to be a, in a better place. And and I'll just add to to that. I completely agree with Richard, but. Also, um, there is no moving away from grief. Grief is is always a part of one's life after a catastrophic loss of any kind. But the loss of a child, there's no sensibility. It you know, no makes no sense at all. But there comes a point uh, where one has to make that choice. I can sit on the couch all day for the rest of my life, um, or I can get up and just t- start taking those small steps towards recovery and and that can be as I mentioned in service to others but I I also do believe that there is a a greater purpose certainly in my individual life that um, there is more to be done and um, Emilio would want us clearly to to get off that couch and move forward by helping others in what we knew intimately for so long. That is so touching and I'm, I'm sorry if you know if I've asked a question that has to take a lot of emotion. So, um, but yeah, this is really wonderful work that you guys are doing. And lastly, before we go, what message would you like to convey to our listeners about the importance of supporting the organization like the Emilio Nares Foundation? I would just like to say that there is a, an amazing group of people behind this organization. You know, Richard and I founded it 20 years ago and we're still very much involved. But there is a team of people um, running this every single day and many of them most of them in fact have been with us since close to the beginning um and so the passion is there and the commitment is there and the devotion and it's a really simple need as you can see it's just you know we're not working towards curing cancer ourselves or um we have always wanted it to be the basic day in day out needs that a family has that we can offer to take away, like Richard mentioned before, a little bit of that stress, make it a little bit easier, but most importantly know that they are so loved and so understood by people who know what they're going through. And and, and the rewards one gets by doing this type of work is is truly healing for one thing and, and just an incredible healing for, for me and I know for Diane, but I encourage encourage volunteers and to come and to see and to really look at these families and what they're going through. It's going to change their life. I mean, um, that's what we want to see is someone who didn't know about our organization come and really see the work we're doing and have that effect on them that, that they've had on us, these, these families, these children who have to go through this, again, horrific disease uh, for several years. and. It's, it's just life-changing so to have that opportunity we really welcome um, people to check out our website and 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 to give our staff a call and and see what's available to them to 
have a life-changing opportunity, a truly life-changing opportunity to meet these families and these children. Uh, one last thing I can add to that is that we have several events a year um, where we raise funds and they're, they're wonderful. And annually we do a food and, and wine and craft beer and spirits tasting event um, here in San Diego at Costera on Harbor Island. And um, there's lots of information about everything that we do online, but this is the, the big fundraiser of the year and it's coming up September 10th. So I'll just mention that for anyone who might be interested. It's a great fun, wonderful way. And there's always some of the children who are doing well and healthy that come and speak. And um, there's a lot to be learned about ENF from attending this beautiful event. Wonderful. So I, I, I really wish, you know, with the vast listeners of Dal Radio, I, I really wish that they take initiative to contribute to the foundation. And I know they would because definitely, like, why not? The foundation is serving such a large purpose, right? So, yeah, that's a wrap. And thank you guys so much for joining us today and sharing your insights on the Amelia Naris Foundation. And your dedication to transforming lives is absolutely inspiring. And I, I must say that out of all the other interviews so far, this is the most moving yet inspirational one. And it was an honor to have you as guests, you both, you know, Diane and Richard. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much Thank you. for having Thank us. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Wonderful. So that was Richard and Diane Norris, founders of Emilio Norris Foundation. For more information about them and to reach out to them, you can visit their website www.efnhope.org. I repeat, www.efnhopehope.org. Hope you find this interview insightful. For more such interviews, stay tuned to Dial Radio, powered by Dutch Life Foundation. And this is me, Sankhya, signing off for today. Take care, you all. You have just listened to Tal Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.